a name, a name above all others. This name has stood the endless test of time. This name has changed the lives of untold millions. This name is Jesus. And it's Jesus, he's mine. His name lives on and shall live on forever. While kings and kingdoms shall all pass away. He is the Lord of all, the King of all. Try to blot his name from history, denying all the many, many great things he has done. I've heard them curse his name, and they say there was no Calvary. Oh, but through it all, his holy name, he lives. Its name lives on and shall live on forever. While kings and kingdoms shall all pass away, He is the Lord of all, the King of all creation. The name of Jesus is living on today there is a name a name above all others praise god this name has stood the endless test of time this name has changed the lives of untold millions thank you jesus this name is Jesus, and it's Jesus, he's mine. His name lives on and shall live on forever. While kings and kingdoms shall all pass away, he is the Lord of all. The name of Jesus is living on today. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Kind of a new thing here this morning. I know everybody out here. I love everybody. This is probably going to be my last time up here, even leading the singing, but I'm not leading this morning. But I want to say that 
start out by telling a little story about a man born April 10th, 1927. Met Jesus on June the 6th, 1954. And he was our former pastor who will be gone 11 years, 23rd day of next month. And he's always said that he only wants to go to heaven. That was his main thing. He wasn't perfect. He was good to me, but he wasn't perfect. But one thing, he never lost his, he never strayed from his path. And, uh, and I'm just going to be singing, make an attempt. I'm not going to sing this song. I'm going to make an attempt to sing a song that means so much to me. I'm going to try to keep it in line. I might get off key. If you're from Cincinnati, it won't sound good. If you're from Kentucky, it'll sound a, li sound a little better. But if you're from Tennessee, it'll sound real good. So we'll let, we'll let you know where you, what you're in for this morning. My don't take this wrong. My buddy Mark, and he is my buddy. He prays for me all the time. He said, you still got that little twang. And that's, and that's a good thing. You know what? Somewhat, somewhat like God, but not really. You can, some things you just don't change. Key of E. Will just drifting along on the muddy sea of sin, not knowing what fate waits for me. My friends are all gone. My family turned me down. I'm like a drifter on the sea. Here you go. But somewhere above that old sea of sin and shame, I heard a voice call my name. I knew it was the Savior, the one who died for me. Well, it seemed that in my life I could never win. I had been lost in a tide. I was drifting far out in that old muddy sea. I was searching for a dream I never found.
not be drifting anymore. in the back that tells you what's going to happen today so just hang on you never know but you know what one thing I can tell you is going to happen is we love Jesus and we fa we're thankful this morning for him we're thankful for the cross this morning we're thankful that the blood still saves this morning and that he still sets the captive free this morning and there is victory in Jesus hallelujah don't want to talk too much, but if any of the singers want to come up during this Thanksgiving season, whether you're going through something like our brother Ken is going through, or sometimes you're going through family troubles and family trials and situations, but at the end of this, we are very, very blessed. So I think during this Thanksgiving season, there was no other song I felt to sing but this. If you know it and you're a singer and you want to join us, come on up. If you don't know how to sing... That's all right. We're in Ohio. It don't matter. Tennessee, Kentucky, you'll sing any voice. So if you want to come, you're welcome. When he walks among us, all that he does, all of his mercy, all of his love, Right every day, even this world could never contain how I have been blessed. He's warmth in the winter, flowers in spring, the laughter of summer, and the changing of leaves. He's food on my table good place to sleep clothes on my back and shoes on my feet oh I have been blessed arms that will raise a voice that can talk hands that can touch and legs that can walk ears that can lift I've got to praise him as long as I breathe. I have been blessed. I have been blessed. God's so good to me. Precious are his thoughts of you and me. No 
and raised my sisters and brothers and memories made our pastor to lead us and altar to pray stripes that can heal or the blood that can say oh I have been blessed living a it's the greatest on earth our flag stands for freedom and all that it's worth she stands in the harbor miss liberty calls it's all they gave some but some gave it all so i can be blessed this is my favorite verse in this whole song he's my shoulder to when I am so down, the rock where he leads me, when I'm overwhelmed, the place where he hides me, it's under his wings. He's not just a song, he's the reason that we all sing, cause I have more time sister Becky oh he's my shoulder to lean on when I am so down the rock where he leads me have you ever felt overwhelmed you ever felt like you're down your part the place where he hides me it's right under his wing it's not just a song
wanted to thank DJ and uh, Randy and Andy, Bobby, all those that preached while we were on a little trip. But uh, I appreciate God's work, and I really appreciate the way that God shows up no matter what's going on. And I thank him for his uh, grace given to us. Uh, last week, me and the wife and Vicki and Dusta went down to a graduation thing, a thing that we hadn't been to, I hadn't been to for 50 years. Me and Shirley and us had not seen the kids we went to school with until we were eight. Last time we saw them, we were 18 years old. It was a, a shock for them and us both. But it was a blessing, and I felt like God sent us down there for a reason. So I want you to pray. We had two or three people that we talked to and uh, had a good conversation with. And I had to tell these ladies that I'm not a priest, and this is not confession night. Because they just seemed to pour out everything they wanted to tell me they did since we left each other back in 18. So, But it was a great blessing, and they were good people. And uh, I know God was having us to reach out. Terry was there, my cousin Terry. And uh, a lot of us were there. And I, it, was, it was a blessing, and I felt like it was a door that God opened up for us to go to. Um, I want you to, if you got your Bible, open your Bible. I want you to turn to the 11th chapter of Matthew, if you got your Bible. This is something that God put on my heart while I was on that trip. And I know that uh, God was dealing with me about this, and I didn't know how to get away from it, so I'm going to stay with it. Um, there's a scripture in Mark, before I go there, there's, one, there's a verse in Mark, it's the first chapter, the 14th verse, it says, now after John was put into prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent ye and believe the gospel. I want you to understand something today. When Jesus Christ came into this world of all people born, our Savior came into this world. When he came into the world, I want you to understand something. And we talked about this to two or three different people in the last week because I couldn't keep my mouth off of it. But the real truth is, when he came into the world, the kingdom of God came into the world. And the power and the authority came with him. How many knows what I'm talking about? When Jesus entered into this world, when he came to this world, he not only was sent by the Father with the authority, but he had the power to back it up. How many knows what I'm saying? Amen. And that's what I want you to get in your, in your spirit. I want you to understand something. This is not a religion. This is not a, a, just a church social. This is something that God has sent he sent it to us because we were in the ways of the world. We were in the flesh. We had followed and we had come to a place. We're in a dead-end world. 
We needed hope for tomorrow. All my hopes in Jesus. You know why? Because he entered into this life. He became a man like you and me, but he was still all God. And when he came, he came and he submitted himself to being in the flesh and doing the will of the Father. He is the only one that did not sin. But he was sent on a message, on a mission by the Heavenly Father. And when he came, he came with power. I think all hell was at alarm. I think all hell was stirred up when the Son of God was put upon this earth. When he was sent and he entered into this. Me and you, they, we might have a happy day. Our parents might have had a happy day when you were born. But I'm going to tell you something. The blessed, most blessed day for mankind was when God sent his only son to become flesh like you and I because he came to pay a price that you and I were lost for eternity without. We need him. We need his power. We need his life in us. We need the spirit of God that is in us. He was promised that he would come. It says in Matthew 11, I want you to turn to Matthew 11. I've got other scriptures I'm not going to read for time's sake. But I want you to look at Matthew 11. John, I just read that in there before where it said John was put into prison. And I want you to look at Matthew 11 verse 1. It said, and it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. What's he talking about? He had just went through the um, uh, Sermon on the Mount. He had just uh, taught them. And in the 10th chapter of Matthew, he sent the disciples out to do the very work that they would be doing that you and I would be doing. Now, you know what? You, you may not like what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it because it's truth. God is not changed. God, when Jesus said in the 10th chapter, I will send you out. I will send you out to heal the sick, to raise the dead. He said all the things that Jesus did, you shall do also. Now, you know what? People don't like to hear that. And the church obviously ain't living up to that. The church all in this world is not coming up to that. Number one, they don't believe it. Number one, they like to understand what they're doing. They don't like to submit themselves to the presence of God, to say, Lord, what do you want me to do personally? And then follow him. Because I can tell you, we need every person in this church that gets close to God and that allows the Spirit of God to work through them. How many knows that's true? I don't want to, I don't look to me as if I'm the only person here that hears from God. There's all kinds of people in here that hears from God weekly. My Sunday school teacher listens to God every week. I know she does. And you know what? I hear them talk and I hear, the, I feel the presence of God coming through them. And I know they've been alone with Jesus. They've been talking to him. They've allowed the Holy Spirit to come in. Did you know you don't, you don't do that unless you first surrender yourself to him? It's not what our world's doing. It's not what our church world's doing. 
I'm sorry, but it's not. Sound like I'm getting on somebody's case. I'm not. But it goes on to say in verse 2, Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Then he said in verse 6, And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. What's he talking about? Did you know it was prophesied that when Jesus would come, when the Holy One of Israel would come upon the earth? It was prophesied in Isaiah 35, verse 5. It says, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. Now, there's a special thing going on here. Number one, John the Baptist. John the Baptist was in prison. They put him in prison. He, you know and I know he's the forerunner. He was given to uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah, and he was sent. Uh, he came out of the wilderness, and I want you to hear all that because I'm going to read something about him in a little bit here. But I want you to understand that when he came, he came on the scene, and then Jesus Christ came on the scene, but John was the forerunner to say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Why is it? Why is he saying that? Because Jesus was coming. He was six months behind John in age. But he's coming on the scene. And it says there in verse 6, talked about how he would do these things. How many knows he proved, he had evidence behind what he did? Jesus didn't come and just say words. There was evidence, power behind what he was doing. And I want to tell you something. We can say a lot of things. The church world is saying a lot of things, but there's no power behind what they're doing. And the power comes from getting alone with God and crying out for God to give you what you will need to take and deliver to the world. Because if you don't hear from him, how can you discern where to go? How can you hear and how can you see? If you don't hear and see it, you're not going to do it. But if it's in you, if it's bubbling inside of you, you can't help yourself. And like I said before, if somebody's called of God to do something, guess what? There ain't nobody here going to get in their way. I want you to do what God's telling you to do. And God will open it up and God will use it. In that sixth verse, he said, And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Does it offend you when somebody gets ready to pray for somebody? Does that bother you? Does it bother you when the power of God is moving upon somebody and all of a sudden they get happy and they jump around and you say, well, you don't have to act like that. You don't have to be like that. 
You don't have to dance. You don't have to shout. You don't have to scare me uh, from sitting there and wake me up. Sometimes people will just flat wake you up because the Holy Spirit will hit them and they can't help but, be, but shout it out. And I want to tell you something, that shout is coming from the depths inside of them. It's something bigger than this world's got. The world is trying to entertain you with everything it's got, but there ain't nothing like it when the Holy Spirit is dealing personally in you. It's precious. It's, it's a treasure. We have a whole world that was offended. When, when John the Baptist came on the scene, John the Baptist stepped into the world out of the wilderness. And when he did, he offended everybody around him. How many knows that's true? John the Baptist offended. When Jesus stepped into the religious world, guess what he did? He offended everybody that come at him. You don't do it like we want. We want a Messiah that's going to reduce Rome to nothing and give us leadership. We need the power of God. Jesus had the authority. John the Baptist was called with the authority and he stepped out and he spoke truth. And it offended everybody around him. When you speak the truth, does it offend your family? I can offend my children. I can offend my wife. I can offend it if I speak truth. And they can offend me. But number one, I'm not trying to offend. It's not our job to offend. It's our job to walk with Christ. It's our job to be in him and to walk with Because when Jesus came into a dying world full of Satan, with Satan ruling in it, guess what? He was the authority and the power that stood against. It's like we have so many people that getting in the river of life and they just go with the flow but John the Baptist didn't go with the flow Jesus didn't go with the flow and I promise you God's children are not supposed to go with the flow we're supposed to be in Christ we're supposed to represent him in everything we do everywhere we go when we go somewhere it ought to offend people if we're there and they're trying to live in their sin or do their thing, and it's wicked and it's evil and it's wrong, you know what? We have a nation that God has handed to us. We have families God has handed to us. We have lives that God has handed to us. And can I tell you something? If we don't keep it in Christ, we're going to be lost just like the rest of the world. We have to bring him in and let him be the power inside of us to make the stand. And you can't do that going with the flow. I never seen the beat of a time when the church world is going with the flow. They're getting in the world of life and just flowing down the river with them. If you want to be homosexual, you can be it in the church. And that's not of God. God never changed and he's not going to change. When it's perfect, it don't need to change. It's offensive. The cross is offensive. Even in the church, sometimes the cross is offensive to people. What do you mean? Well, Jesus gave his life to do the Father's will. 
Are you giving it all? Are you giving it all? Are you just giving what looks good? I'll go to church a little more, and that'll get me into heaven. I'll, I'll help an elderly. I'll do this, I'll do that, and works, and that'll make me look good. I've had people buy me coffee, open the door for me. And I'm thinking, you think that's getting you to heaven? That's not getting you to heaven. You need to come and find Jesus. How many here's what I'm saying? I know this is a simple message, but God set this little message in my heart, and I don't want to change it to nothing else. It can't get no bigger than what Christ has given us. He's given us this power. He's given us the authority to take the stand, not go with the flow. In Isaiah 8, 14, listen to this. Isaiah 8, 14, talking about the offensive. It says, and he shall be for a sanctuary. That means for a sanctuary, a place to hide, a place to rest. How many knows we're hidden in Christ? If you come to Christ, you're hidden in him. Because I can tell you right now, you're outnumbered in this world without Christ. If you don't hide in him, you're going to be a defeated foe. The world will beat you down. Your flesh can't fight this battle. You need the power of God inside of you. You need him on your side. If he's in your boat, you ain't got to worry. But it says in Isaiah 8, 14, he shall be for a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both the house of Israel for a gin, which is a, a snare, a trap, and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many among them shall stumble and fall and be broken, be snared and be taken. What's the matter? How many knows how many knows when Jesus came, his own people that read the scriptures all the way back through here could not see this. They were offended at him. He wasn't going with the flow. He's upsetting their world. I'm sorry, but sometimes I look up there in Congress and I think to myself, somebody needs to turn their little wagon over. Somebody needs to stop what they're doing because they're going with the flow and they're taking our country down the, down the tubes. Somebody needs to speak the truth. Somebody needs to straighten out what's going on. And I ain't going to get political on you. I'm just telling you, you can see it. It's obviously everywhere around. There's no reason why people, I tell you right now, if ministry is in the ministry to get rich, they're in it for the wrong reason. And if Congress is in leadership to, to just make money, then they're in there for the wrong reason. And they're not going to stand for you or me either one. They're standing for their self. And they're going with the flow. And that's why our country's in trouble. And that's why the church is in trouble. We got to quit going with the flow. We got to understand God gave us power to take the stand. Stand therefore, he said. Stand therefore. We have to stand. If we don't stand, I promise you our children don't have hope because they're watching you and me. We're the example to our children. 
it says on down, uh, Paul said it in Romans. He said, because they sought it, in Romans 9, 32, Paul said, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at the stumbling stone. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Israel. They stumbled at the stumbling stone. God says, I'm going to put the truth right smack in the middle of Israel. And guess what? Israel couldn't handle it. They didn't like him. They did everything to try to kill him. Even the king of Israel tried to kill the baby Jesus. How many knows what I'm talking about? All the way from the beginning to the end until they finally hung him on the cross. But not before he spoke the kingdom of God. Not before he spoke that the nation needed to repent. And their rejection of it brought the repentance to you and I. Because he first told them, when he told them, sent those disciples out in the 10th chapter of Matthew, he told them, don't go, don't go to the Gentiles. Don't go to them. Don't go to the Samaritans. You go only to the house of Israel first. Why? Because Jesus was bringing the gospel to his own people. He was fulfilling the Father's will to them. And they rejected him. It says in verse 33 of Romans 9, it says, And as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone, a rock of offense, and whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. He said to the Corinthians, But we, be, we preach Christ crucified, Paul said it, unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. If you stand in Christ, but if you're just standing in your religion, if you're just standing in your doctrine, if you're just standing in your tradition, guess what? You ain't got the power to stop what the devil's doing. And he'll rock you to sleep while he walks right through your life. And he'll destroy. We need the power of God. How many knows what I'm saying? See, I see a whole lot of people going out with authority. They have been given jobs in the church. They've been given jobs. They go out with the authority, but they have no power to change anything. Can I tell you something? If we ain't in this to win it, I want to win. If I don't win Christ in my life, if my children don't win Christ in their life, they're not going to help nobody behind them. Nobody. They need Christ in their life. Every day. You don't pick him up on Sunday and let him off on Monday, Sunday night and go back to work on Monday. You take him with you everywhere you go. 1 Peter, 1 Peter 2, 8 and 10, it says, says he is a, and a stone, of a, stub, a stone of stumbling, Peter said, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past 
You were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Praise God, we weren't even in it. The Jews turned Jesus away, and he turned to us and the gospel. And it was God's plan to open up the gospel to whosoever will. And there's not one of us that don't need the power of God. And I can tell you right now, when you come to the church, like I said it before, I don't care who it is, but when I see the Holy Spirit moving upon upon April and Sue, upon Susie, upon different ones. And I hear them give messages, Carl and different ones, and I hear them give messages. I praise God that God's calling people. He's raising up people. How many knows we need the Spirit of God? We need somebody to want and desire what God's got for them. And as it comes forth, it will encourage and strengthen all of us. God has given these gifts for a purpose, to give the church strength. That's why he said to assemble yourselves together. He wants you to stay strong in him. Don't say I gotta be, I can't be my father, I can't be Carl, I can't be other people. I can only be in my own shoes. And I can only follow what God shows me to do. Past that, I'm I am uh, helpless without him. I need his voice. I need his words. I need prayer. I need time with him. And when he talks to me, I ain't backward no more. Can I tell you something? I went down and saw them kids the other day, and I remember the one girl I was looking at, that prior girl. She was very quiet. At 18 years old, I don't never hardly remember her talking. She was so quiet, had long black hair. And now I'm looking across the table at an older person just talking away. But I can tell you something. I was that quiet person. But once God gets in you and God begins to bring something up, I could fight it all I wanted, but God wants me to speak from my heart. He wants me to hear him and speak from my heart. And he wants you to do the same. We're not out to condemn the world. I'm not trying to condemn nobody. I want them to know who Jesus is. He's the hope of tomorrow. He's the son of the living God. We parents, we should be teaching our children not do as I say, but do as I do. How many knows what I'm saying? See, us parents, our kids are being influenced by what we're doing, not what we're saying. When you tell them God's got power and they don't see no power, they wonder whether you're telling them the truth or not. Eventually, they're going to turn on you. You have to get into the presence of God. You have to seek him. Ask, seek, and knock upon the door of heaven and say, Lord, I want your presence in my life. 
I want to hear your voice. I want you to use me, Lord. If there's anywhere you can use me, Lord, use me. And when God gives you something to do, take it as a treasure. It may not be that you'll do it forever, but you'll start out being obedient. See, some were disobedient. Some could not accept what Jesus told them to do. He told them to repent. Those Pharisees, Sadducees, was not, it was not part of their game to get on their knees. That's why when we saw that guy in the Congress that was voted in as a speaker, and the next week they showed him and about seven other men on their knees praying, that's what we need. More than anything, we need them to talk to God because I can't go up. They're not going to call me and ask my opinion. They're not going to call you and ask your opinion. They need to hear from God to make right choices. People that do not walk with God don't make right choices. I mean, here's what I'm saying. You wonder what happened in your life? Sometimes it's because we're not listening to the voice of God. We think we've got to figure it out. We got the book on how to do it. We got the computer that will tell you the answer to everything. I want you to go back to Matthew and look at verse 7. Matthew 11, verse 7. And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, What went you out into the wilderness to see? Jesus asked this question three times. Listen to me. What went you out to see? Jesus is turned to this multitude, and he said, What did you go out to see when you went out to see John the Baptist? And then he says, A reed shaken in the wind? What's he talking about? He's talking about a, 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 like a, a big tall straw like thing. And it was a, a, a reed and it would, whatever way the wind blew. Make sense? Whatever way the wind blew, that's the way they went. How many knows that's the way politicians do it? If the wind blows this way, I'll go this way. I'll get more votes that way. And let me tell you something, God didn't make us to take that kind of stand. And I'll tell you right now, John the Baptist wasn't that, wasn't that person. That's why Jesus asked the question, what did you go out to see? Some reed shaking in the wind? You think he was some weakling? You think he was ignorant? You think because he didn't come in fancy clothes, dressed up in a suit with a tie on, that you didn't have to hear him? He spoke a truth that none of them could take him. Why? He offended every one of them with the truth. I mean, here's what I'm saying. See, when Jesus came into this life, he was the truth. He was the, he was the way, the truth, and the life. And we needed the way, and we needed the truth, and we needed life. And he brought it all. The next question he says, no, before I go there, I want to read this Ephesians 4 because this scripture jumped out at me when I read about the reed shaking in the wind. I want you to hear it. Paul said this in Ephesians 4, 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, 
carried about with every wind of doctrine. Fits right in there, don't it? Every wind of doctrine. I never seen the wind of doctrine going across in the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Christianity, they use Christianity's name on top of everything. I even hear, I even hear Hollywood and all of them using the name of Jesus as if you know, they said some of them die and they died terrible and they'll say they're up there making jokes with God. They're up there singing to God because they had a beautiful voice. I pray they make it. It ain't got nothing to do with their voice or their jokes. God's not impressed. God's impressed when you look to his son. That's when he's impressed because his son is the only one that brought life. But it says, no more tossed to and fro, carried about every window drop, but by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. There's deception going on all the time. I just talked to my sister Jane. She come to me and told me I, was, I had said something a, a week or so about something I'd saw on the, on the computer about one of the cowboys. And, and one of the cowboys that I, I made this... I actually watched it on television where they showed he died gay and all this other stuff. And I said, how terrible it was. And Jane said, that was that AI stuff put out. That wasn't even true. And I said, Jane, I didn't know they, I didn't know they would actually tell lies like that and put them out like that. Don't somebody go to jail when they lie like that? You find out half the stuff you're hearing is untruth. I know, get your head out of TV. That's what I tell myself. Get your head out of TV. Verse 8, but what went you out to see? Jesus said again, a man clothed in soft clothes. Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. John didn't impress nobody with what he wore. He didn't come wearing comfortable clothes. It says, what went you out to see? Jesus said, a prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. How many know that's special? When Jesus said, what you go out to see? He said, a prophet. And then he said, more than a prophet. Now I want you to listen to this because John's special. John came into a dead world and he began to announce the Messiah is coming the Holy One of Israel is coming I am sent as the forerunner to tell you repent and prepare the way because he's coming listen to this what Jesus is saying about him he says and for this is he of whom it is written behold I send my messenger before thy face which shall prepare thy way before thee. Then Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, Among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding. Now listen to me. I want you to hear this, church, because this is what's special about this. John the Baptist, of all people born of women, and when he's saying that, he didn't say he was born better than anybody else. No, he said as he rose up, 
Listen to what it said. It said, it says that among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. That means when he grew up and he followed the word of God and the will of God in his life. And you remember the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth having that son and the angel appeared and told him that he would be the forerunner. You know how special it was that his birth was right before Christ. But can I tell you something? What was special is he rose up and he did what he was called to do. And Jesus said, not a one born of a woman greater than John the Baptist. More or less, nobody was more obedient and more true to his call than John the Baptist. And then he says, notwithstanding, he that is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Why does Jesus say it? He's saying you and me ought to be thrilled to death when the Spirit of God is in the room and you know him in your heart. Listen to me, you don't want to know how special it is to know Jesus Christ has saved you and set you free. Jesus himself said, the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. And he said, there's not been one born that did better than John. You ought to feel special. I ought to feel special. Who am I that Jesus would come and make me a part of his family? If you're in the family of God, I want you to hear me. I want you to know how special. I don't care what this world says. I don't care how the river's flowing. We have to take the stand against the river. Get in the river of life and stand with Jesus and you have power to make a change in what's going on in the river. That's what he's called us to be. Get in the river. Jesus didn't go with the flow. We're not to go with the flow. How many hears that? Let me tell you something. I'm trying to inspire you to the right thing. I'm, not, I'm trying to tell you quit surrendering what the enemy's doing. Quit telling me about circumstances. It don't matter about my circumstances. It doesn't matter about Jesus' circumstances. I wish everybody in my family was doing perfect. I wish I was doing perfect. For Christ, but I'm not. But can I tell you something? Just to know that he knows my name. Just to know that I hear his voice. Even when he rebukes me, I hear his voice. And when I hear it, I know it's time to get on my face and call back out to him and say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me and help me to get back where I belong. Set me where you want me to set me. Put me what you want me to do. My life's not important if I'm not fulfilling the will of God in my life. None greater than John the Baptist except he, the least, is greater than he. I don't know about you, but that strikes me right. Makes me feel special. No matter what people do, they can laugh and put you down. Your family can make light of you. Everybody can make light of you. You ain't this, you ain't that. You didn't measure up in this area or that area. But can I tell you, you're only who God.
God made you. Walk in your shoes and be obedient to him. And watch what he'll do in your life. Watch what he will do. Come on back up, baby. Matthew 13, two chapters over. Don't you hear this verse, these two verses? Verse 16 and 17 of Matthew 13. Jesus said this, Blessed are your eyes, for they see. Listen, Christian, talking to us. Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them. And to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. Did you know that the prophets before was looking forward to the day we're living in? Do you know that the kingdom of heaven is upon this earth now? In, in the church. It's in us. It's in all those that accept Christ as their Savior. We are in Christ and he is the kingdom of heaven that came. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He brought the gospel truth, and that gospel truth is power behind it. You can take a stand on it. It's the authority that you need. It's the power that you need. John 14, 12. Listen to what Jesus said. Take this to heart. Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. How can the church do greater works than Christ? How? We do it in him. We do it in him, but we do it because he's not here now. We're here. We're left here to bring the gospel till he comes back and gets us. So the greater work is getting done, supposed to be getting done through the church. How many knows we need power? How many knows we need, we have the authority, we have been commissioned by God to go out and preach the gospel and to heal the sick and to do all these things. So don't turn away and don't get offended when the gospel comes forth. And I'm not talking about Pentecost. I'm not talking about anything else. I'm trying to just tell you that stand in Christ because he is the power behind what needs to happen to change your life, to change my children's life, to change my grandchildren's life, to change my friends' lives. It ain't how strong I am. It's how strong he is in me. We need to allow the Holy Spirit in us. We need to allow him to work through us. 1 John 4. Chapter 4, verse 4. It says, ye, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world. And the world hears them. And we are of God. 
He that knows God hears us. He that is not of God hears not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. What's wrong with our world? They're refusing the only way that there is. They were taking the way of the world and they want to blend it with the church and it ain't going to work. Jesus didn't come and make that way. He made a way that is separate from the world's way. world's way and the flesh will lead to death. It's the spirit of error. But Christ is the spirit of truth. We have to follow him. We have to grab a hold of him. And we have to follow him with all of our heart. I want to talk more about the kingdom of God tonight. I couldn't bring all this out at one time. But I praise God that Jesus stepped into this world. And ever since then, an obstacle has stood in the way of the world. How many hears what I'm saying? The obstacle is standing in the way of the world. He stood in the waters of life and he held them back. He stopped. He stopped and put a, a, a call out to the enemy that I come against you. We can take that stand with him. Put on the armor of God. Put in the power of God in your life. You have the authority to do the things that Jesus told us to do. And that's what he's asking us to do. He's asking us to dig into our heart and dig into this gospel and find the truth. Because if you don't, you're following the way of the world. You're drowning in this world. You're drifting. I had a dream years ago. I saw a girl in the river and she was fighting to keep her head above water. I knew what the dream meant as soon as I had it. But I kept hollering at her saying, swim this way. Use your energy to go this way. But all she was doing was fighting to keep her head above water. And all the time she's thinking she's doing better She's drifting farther and farther away to where she couldn't even hear somebody saying, swim to the shore. If we don't take a stand for Christ, we'll fall. Without Jesus in your life, we're heading down to destruction. Our world is turned and it's changed. They have no reason they want, they want to shut up the gospel truth. And they want some kind of soft religion that makes everybody happy. That's not going to win souls. It's not going to change lives. I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody's hearing what I'm saying. I'm not trying to impress you with great words. I know it's a very simple message. But God is getting back to the basics. He's calling his church to his side. I don't want to be in the end time with no power. I know it's the end time. I can see it. 
written all over it. But I don't want to walk through this life and people need help and we can't help them because we're not living in ourselves. We're not examples of Christ ourselves. There's no power in the call upon our life. Is that too hard? I'm not trying to be hard. I'm telling myself, I'm preaching to me first. We need Jesus. We need more of him. We need to see his hand move in our life. We need to see him move in our life. Don't run from it, run to it. We need to be the people that takes the stand. God can do mighty things with a little faith. A little faith. He can do all the rest. We just have to believe Him. Do you believe in the power of God? Or do you, like a lot of, a lot of religions, believe it died with the apostles? Some believe there is no more gifts. They all died with the apostles. People keeps, man keeps coming up with his own cunning way of getting around the gospel. But the real truth is, I'm looking at it, tells me I'm responsible. Tells me that I have a place where I need to be on my face before God. Asking, seeking, knocking, carrying, casting all my cares upon him. Weeping and crying for the lost. Fasting and praying and seeking God. That's our call. What are you waiting on? Are you waiting on another day? Their days are coming shorter and shorter. Your days coming shorter and shorter. What are we waiting on? Everybody stand, if you will. When John the Baptist came on the scene, listen to me now. When John the Baptist came on the scene, he came, it says, in the spirit of Elijah. Wow. The spirit and the power of Elijah. Now, I've been talking about the spirit and the power, but I want you to understand something. When John came on the scene, he came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Why? Because when you look back at Elijah's life and you read the story of Elijah, <coughs> Elijah stood against King Ahab and he refused to go along with what they were doing. He said, I will call that it will rain not for three and a half years. And how many knows it didn't rain? And he laid in a brook and the little birds brought him food. How serious was he to stand against what the king of Israel was doing wickedly, leading the country wrong? John the Baptist had the spirit of Elijah on him. I'll refuse to turn into what you want me to be. I refuse to be soft. I refuse to be soft with the words. I refuse to be uh, look for the comfort zone. I want to be where God wants me to be. I want Him more than I want this comfort of life or the pleasures of life for a season. I need Him more than I need anything. I'm talking to somebody. I know you hear what I'm saying. 
and you know it's true. That's God's words. He spoke to every one of his people. He never looks at one of us above another. I like the story that says, when God looks down, he looks down from the top, and it's like a city that's got high buildings and low buildings. He don't see the height of them. He just sees the top of them. That's the way God looks at everyone. There's not one of us one bit better than the other. We're all striving, and we're all able to take this gospel in our heart and in our life. Learn this word. You know how many smart people in the world that's never picked up the Bible, and they'll tell you it's confusing. They'll tell you it's over my head, I don't understand it. But they can read, and they can design stuff, and they can do stuff. They can do their jobs, and they can do whatever the world's doing. But don't ask me to understand, God. You know why? Because if they get in it, it'll convict them. It'll shine a light on their life. Cause them to come to Him. While they sing something, you need to pray you come God sees everything in your life it ain't what yesterday was it's what your tomorrow is I want to finish this race right I want to do the will of God while they sing you come I have climbed every there was to climb and I had crossed every river there was to cross and life held no more beauty there was nothing else to see oh but Jesus
it's all I need when I just need someone to talk to. He's always there to hear my prayer each time I call him. On this friend, I can rely to be my strength as life goes by. And he's the Lord of all, and he's all I need. He comforts me. of us know what our tomorrow is every person here I want you to hear this the enemy will attack you at times you're just not expecting you're facing the enemy every day of your life he will come at you one way or the other either through who you love through your body through whatever he will attack you we need to stay close to God we need to hear the voice of God. We need to pray every day. Lord, prepare me. Help me, Lord, to be, dear God, in that place. Lord, where I know the enemy's battles and know his fight. I know when the enemy's coming against me sometimes. And sometimes, you know, he'll catch me by surprise. But the truth is, I need him. I need Jesus every day to stay with me.
Praise God. I thank you for your patience today.